Hi, and welcome back to the Miami Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Omar DeWin, Communications Executive here at Cervera Real Estate. Joining me in the studio today is Carlos Castellon, founder of Castellon and Haloum CPA. Carlos, thank you for being here. Thank you, Omar, for having me here and Cervera Realty for inviting us. Very happy to have you here, Carlos. And today we are talking about the most frequently asked questions that uh, those who are investing in real estate that are non-residents in the U.S., have you hear these all the time and we're going to break them down for our listeners what they need to know right sounds good <laughs> so let's get right into it carlos so number one at the top of your list is do i need a visa to buy real estate in florida a lot of people worry about that no you do not you do not need a visa to buy real estate in the united states you may need a visa depending on which country you come from to come fly to the united states but definitely not a visa to buy real estate here. Okay, excellent. And then I think number two on our list, uh, which I've heard this a lot and, and have heard associates uh, ask about this, and that is their buyers want to know, should they buy under their name or under an entity? Yeah, they definitely can buy under their name, but we don't recommend it. <laughs> Why? Because of asset protection. If there's a lawsuit, they can go after your uh, all your assets. They could sue you individually if you own the real estate under your name. But if you own an entity, they can only sue what the entity has. And that's why we always recommend to have one entity per real estate investments. So, Carlos, then the entity is preferred in the sense of protecting yourself, correct? Yes, protecting against a lawsuit against your, uh, yourself if you buy it personally. So the entity, if you have an entity and there's a lawsuit, they can only go after that entity's assets, not your personal assets. Okay. That's the, story. That's the reason behind it. Very important. And then uh, number three on your list, Florida is, uh, is one of the most uh, popular states for cash buyers, right? Mm -hmm. But then right. the other option, of Correct. course, is financing. So the question that you get a lot is, should I finance my purchase? What do you say to them? Yeah, a lot of Latin Americans are used to uh, buying it in cash. I would say do the numbers. Mm -hmm. I mean, in the U.S., it's relatively easy to find out uh, comparable rentals. Okay. So you have your idea of how much rental income you're going to get, and you have a pretty good idea of the expenses. So if you throw in a mortgage, uh, sometimes, you, remember, you're putting less money down. Mm -hmm. So your return on your investment as a percentage may be higher. You can also diversify, and instead of putting 100% you know, of cash down, buy two properties, finance 50%. If you're renting it, if you're renting that property, the tenant will pay for that mortgage, basically, and you can deduct the interest expense on it. So it's something to consider. Uh, recently, though, I, I've always liked the 15, 20, or 30-year fixed-rate mortgages. Sure. But I just bought a property this year, and I went with a 5-1 arm. A 5-1 arm, what they do is gives you a lower interest rate right now mm -hmm. for the first five years. And I'm very certain that within the next three to four years, maybe less, the interest rates should go down. Sure. So that might be a way to buy it right now with the lower interest rates, and then you can always refinance right. later. Right. Okay, so that's a good that's a good tip for the listeners out there. Question number four, what's the best structure to reduce income taxes when investing in real estate? Definitely a limited liability company with a foreigner as the owner is definitely the cheapest way as far as income taxes. Um, for example, if you keep the property for at least one year, you get a benefit called the long-term capital gains rate, which is um, 
the first $45,000 of appreciation is tax-free, mm -hmm. zero tax, which is great. Sure. Then from forty-five to 500000 it's only 15% tax. And then beyond 500000 it's only a 20% tax. So that's something uh, definitely uh, you can't beat that. It's an incentive that they give to not only non-residents, U.S. people as well, mm -hmm. to buy real estate. So long-term capital gains rate is definitely the way to go. And I would not uh, buy a property for a year and then sell it. Definitely, you should look at a three to five year horizon. Sure, more of a long term, yes. a long term play. For sure. uh, what about um, estate tax uh, in at the state or the federal level for for holding real estate? How does that play into it, and does that impact in any way how the LLC is structured? You have to look at the income tax, but you also have to look at estate tax. There is an estate tax at the federal level. And there's also one at the state level, but it depends on the state. Florida is exempt. Florida has no income tax at the personal level, nor a state tax. So we that's one of the benefits besides the beautiful weather that we have here right. to invest in, in Florida, you know. But uh, the estate tax is something that uh, could be pretty hefty. It's an 18 to 40% tax on the value of the property at time of death. Mm -hmm. So you definitely have to consider that when you're buying real estate, which is the best structure for you. An LLC is the best for reducing income taxes, but not to eliminate the estate tax. So that's something to consider. Interesting, so that that, that dovetails nicely into your mm -hmm. next question, which is how does one mitigate this exposure? In an LLC, for example, if a client wants the LLC structure, mm -hmm. which is the best for reducing income taxes, mm -hmm. but you're exposed to potentially, you know, if you, you pass while holding the property, you have an estate tax problem. So what we have done is, uh, instead of buying the property yourself, you buy it with your spouse, or if you have family members that are over 18 years old, you add them in there. Mm -hmm. Because if someone passes, it's only one of them. So you divide the property or the estate taxes into, into let's say, a fraction. For example, sure. you have a million dollar property, you were to pass, you could be paying $400,000 of estate tax. But if you divide it into four uh, family members, one passes, the value is only 250, the estate tax is, is uh, cutting one quarter. Interesting. So you definitely uh, should consider uh, adding family members. Another thing that we have done is um, take an estimate of the possible estate tax. Let's say it's $100,000. Mm -hmm. So you get a, a what they call a term life insurance for $100,000 on your life. If you pass, you get the $100,000 and you use it to pay the estate tax. tax. You don't have to liquidate the, uh, the real estate. This brings me to our next question. So mm -hmm. what is uh, the ideal structure to eliminate the possible estate tax then? Yes, when I've traveled to Latin America, a lot of people think the LLC is the go-to because it is for income tax purposes. But if you definitely want to get rid of the estate tax, you buy your property under a corporation instead. Okay. And that U.S. corporation is owned by a foreign entity. Interesting. That structure has already gone to tax court, and it's bulletproof. It's definitely 100% proof that you do not have an estate tax because if the foreigner were to die with that real estate uh, holdings, mm -hmm. your interest is considered offshore. Not subject to U.S. taxation whatsoever. So this this is what commonly referred to as as what is that an S corp? Uh, no, S corps are for U.S. individuals only. It's a C corp, a regular a corporation. C corp. Okay. A regular, in Latin America, it's called a Sociedad Anonima. Okay. It's a corporation, a U.S. corporation that's owned by a foreign entity. For example, we just came back from Pereira, in Medellin. Yeah. And what we did for the foreign entity, so people could save some money and don't have to. Uh, buy a new foreign entity mm -hmm. is use their SaaS. They have corporations in Colombia or in sure. whatever country you're at. You use that cor corporation, which is a foreign corporation, to own the U.S. corporation 
which owns the property. That gets rid of 100% of the possible estate tax. Okay, okay. So then just to recap with my listeners, because we're, we're flying through this, and I think that you're doing great, but I just want to make sure yeah. we're up to speed here. So if you're buying individually as a non-U.S. resident, uh, under your name, you're exposing yourself to legal issues in, in the event of a lawsuit, right? Correct. If you buy with an LLC, you are then reducing the amount of income tax, right? That's the big pro there. Correct, correct. But then you leave yourself open to, should you pass away, exactly. big estate tax for the uh, the recipient, the inheritor, right? That's exactly so the I get dilemma. An a plus on <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> the dilemma. You either reduce your taxes or you're exposed. Like, for example, I had an Italian client that uh -huh. came and wanted to buy a South Beach property, multi-million dollars. He was in his 70s. Uh -huh. It was for his grandchildren. Speak no no more. Uh -huh. C Corporation with an offshore. C Corp, yeah. And that gets rid of the estate tax. So then case. with C Corp, which gets rid of your estate tax, we got to have like a, some, some acronyms or something, uh, <laughs> or mnemonic device. C Corp gets rid of uh, estate tax. What is, what's the downside there? Is there a downside? You pay a little bit more income tax. A little bit more in income yes, tax. Yes. Okay. But, but it's you, almost like an insurance policy. Insurance. Okay, I like it. So there's you, there's three options right there. Um, the next most frequently asked question, Carlos, is um, people hear that in the U.S. you pay a lot in income taxes. Is that correct? That's a myth that's totally incorrect. Okay. For example, an ordinary income of $100,000, you pay less than 18%. That's less than most Latin American countries. Definitely less than Europe. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's definitely, but you definitely can evade income taxes. Mm -hmm. In some countries, I know people fool around with the taxes, but you can't do that here. You, you've all heard of the story of Al Capone. Right. He wasn't put away for his criminal activities, but for tax evasion. So you right. definitely have to file. And believe me, we have uh, quite a few amount of rental real estate owned by uh, foreigners. Yeah. And they pay no taxes on a yearly basis because we have so many deductions that we can take. So if I'm following this correctly though, let's say if, if, if I'm a non-US resident, I own a property in the US and I, I'm, when it comes to filing income taxes, are you disclosing just the income on your rental properties or also your income from your home country? Uh, excellent question. If you're a non-resident, you only file in the U.S. what you make in the U.S. So if uh -huh. it's a rental property, that's the only thing you have in the U.S., that's what you're uh, reporting. Interesting. So I, I guess the, the common you know, concern <sighs> might be as a foreign national, let's say you're diversifying and you're saying, whoa, I'm paying mm -hmm. on a lot of, mm -hmm. of my home, uh, my native uh, assets. Next question, Carlos. Mm -hmm. Do I need to travel to establish, uh, travel to the U.S., let's say, to establish the LLC or a corporation? Not at all. We could do it all online. We, we do most of our incorporations online, so they don't have to travel here. Now, you may need to travel to open up a bank account because that's the next uh -huh. step. First, we incorporate. Then we get a federal ID number. Then you open up a bank account. And if it's an LLC, I love to have them open up an LLC bank account mm -hmm. along with a personal bank account so the profits uh, go into the LLC. Into, into the, yeah. So you don't have to travel, but you do. May, you may need to be in person to open up that bank account. Right. And then you're going to want to have a business account, a personal account. Right. Um, in Miami, new construction, right, is super popular. Uh, yeah, our, right. our, especially mm -hmm. our, our South Americans and really all over the world mm -hmm. now. Miami is such a global community. Love mm -hmm. new construction. Yeah, Miami right. offers some of the best of it. If you're putting down a down payment on a new construction or otherwise called pre-construction project signed under the individual's name, uh, how does one change that to have a structure that is more appropriate, let's say like at closing? Correct. Yeah, that's very common. You usually look at a property, fall in love with it, with mm -hmm. that project, and then you sign under your name. You just got to make sure that you add 
and or assigns after your name. Mm. That means that you could um, change it and put it or close under a corporation or an LLC. What's best suited for you, though? Sure. You have an option. You don't want to buy it under your name. So you sign under your name and or assigns. And before the closing, actually, I would suggest a couple of months before the closing, uh-huh. you look at which is your best structure. Is it an LLC with you as the owners, with multiple owners, or as a C corporation with the foreign entity on top? Sure. So you have, when you add and or assigns, it lets you do that change. Excellent. So that's essentially assigning uh, assigning the ownership. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Uh, so let's talk about another um common topic, common theme, and that is FERPTA. Um, I guess mm-hmm. non-U.S. residents may have heard this. Uh, our realtors have heard this. Um, what what does that mean? What, what is that, FERPTA? Everybody gets confused with FERPTA. It's incredible. <laughs> the main thing I want to point out that it's not the actual tax. That's the main thing. Everybody uh-huh. thinks it's a tax. Uh-huh. It's a tax that the IRS wants to collect up front just in case a non-resident sells the property and gets lost basically you know Uh they can't collect the taxes so it's a very high tax because it's 15 percent of the selling price but that's not the actual tax the actual tax is based on the appreciation of the property and that's the actual tax for example you bought a a property for nine hundred thousand you sold it for a million dollars you made a hundred thousand dollars okay FERPTA says if you have it and and FERPTA only applies by the way to non-residents uh, foreign entities or an LLC owned 100% by a non-resident. Okay. It's only foreign-owned type sure. properties, okay? Um, so so are, Ferpta, Sorry to interrupt you. So no. FERPTA applies to all of the options that we've talked about thus far, right? Corporation, a, LLC? No, not corporation. Not only, corporation. Only LLCs owned 100% by a non-resident. Uh-huh. A non-resident owning the property himself, which is not what we uh, yep. suggest. Or a foreign company owning the property, which is sometimes the case as well. A okay. foreign company owning the real estate here. Okay. That's when FERPTA applies. So let's say, again, you buy it for 900000 mm-hmm. and you sell it for a million dollars. Right. Made 100000 You made $100,000. FERPTA, the IRS wants you to collect 15% of the selling price, which Whoa. is ridiculous. It's yeah. very high. 15% <laughs> of a million is $150,000. Uh-huh. Now, if you bought that property under an LLC under your name, mm-hmm. With, with an LLC, the tax on the first 45000 is is long-term capital gains rate, preferred rate. Mm-hmm. It's zero tax. Okay. And then uh, from forty five to 500000 in this case up to 100000 mm-hmm. which is your profit, is only 15%. Okay. So in, in reality, a tax is close to $10,000 on that $100,000 profit. They withheld from you one hundred and fifty. That's it's really a That's, timing issue. Right. What we do is at the end of the year we file your tax return mm-hmm. and tell the IRS, hey, the profit is a hundred thousand. My actual tax is ten thousand. You withheld one fifty. I want one forty back. Now a lot of question, a lot of uh, clients ask me, my country they never refund those taxes. <laughs> oh, they credit it forever. Not in the U.S. They definitely will pay you if they make a mistake. If the IRS makes a mistake, they'll even pay you interest on it. So you will get your $140,000 back once we file the correct tax returns. Now, there is something called a withholding certificate, which is like a preliminary tax return that we do at time of closing. Yeah. But it's taking so long for the IRS to process that that I might as well wait for the end of the year and do the tax return. Okay. It's usually quicker like that. Excellent, Carlos. So FERPTA essentially comes in when you're selling, but there's some some good news there in terms of how uh, in terms of getting the refund back yes. right in the U.S. That, that's that's um, that's good news. That's now let's talk about um, another popular question, which is uh, 
whether or not there is a way to defer income taxes when you have appreciation and sell the property. This is called IRS Section 1031, mm-hmm. which is a code section within the uh, IRS code. And it's also called like-kind exchange, which means you have an investment property, you sell it, let's say you have a lot of appreciation, you're going to pay a lot of tax depending on your structure mm-hmm. or not. But if you pay enough taxes that you feel like you don't want to pay it at this point because you want to buy more properties, you have to buy in the new property at the same price that you sold the previous property. Okay. You could buy one or more property. Let's say you sell a property for a million dollars and you owe $100,000 in income tax and you don't want to pay that right now. Or you buy one or two properties or more that total a million dollars or more. You, d- you cannot touch those funds. Those funds have to be in an escrow account, mm-hmm. and those funds have to be 100% used to buy the new properties. If you do that, you have to be able to do two things. You have to identify a new property within 45 days, and you have to close on that new property within 180 days. If you do all that and you qualify, then you defer that $100,000 of income taxes until you sell those second properties. Mm-hmm. For example, I had a client 10 years ago that owed $100,000 in income taxes. They had a great appreciation. They had a building that they wanted to use. They were expanding. They wanted to buy a bigger building. So they sold it. Uh, they, they had to pay $100,000. We did a like kind of exchange mm-hmm. and bought a more expensive building. And uh, they still haven't sold that second building. So you're deferring mm. all those taxes. Think about $100,000 today versus $100,000 10 years ago. Inflation alone, right. big difference. So it's definitely worth to defer if you have a substantial amount of income taxes and if you want to reinvest back in, in the United States. Right, right. Okay, so that's a great great option there, some good news. Uh, and last but not least, uh, are there any recommendations that you feel are necessary to purchase real estate uh, and that can help our listeners? Yeah, uh, from a tax and non-tax point of view, from my point of view is I want to know an area. Mm-hmm. You know, want to know the area really well. So you know the prices, and you could tell when you have a good deal or not, you know, when you're buying. Mm -hmm. Also, you have to have a a realtor, a a real estate broker that you have confidence Mm -hmm. in that that gives you good advice. So once you know those two things, the next step would be the right structure for a non-resident alien. If you had the wrong structure from the beginning, uh, it could cost you taxes, it could cost Mm -hmm. you estate tax, it could cost you income tax, or you would have to redo that structure and basically sell that property to yourself under the new structure. So it's definitely very important to have the correct structure from the beginning as a foundation. So it's critical then for, for listeners, whether you're a realtor, you're a non-US resident, to consult a CPA like yourself uh, to really get informed and, and see what the best options are before uh, making that purchase. Correct. Every situation is different, and uh, definitely what's the best structure. Do you want to minimize this, uh, the the income taxes? Well, use an LLC with you or multiple family members. If you're worried about the possible estate tax, use a C corporation with an offshore. So it all depends on your situation, your holding period too. You want to hold it forever, obviously mm-hmm. you got to be more careful about the estate tax, or if you want to hold it short term. We have done it sometimes for clients that uh, have some properties that they want to flip in a couple of years. Right. We'll do an LLC, which is the cheapest way, to, the least amount of income taxes you will pay. You want to hold it for a longer period, maybe use a C-Corp with an offshore. So it all depends on your particular situation. The, the situations and the needs. I think that's a great way to look at it. LLC for short term, yep. the C-Corp for the longer term. Correct. And then there's obviously um, many nuances in there You know that, that would be specific Correct. to each person. So 
Carlos, um, final thoughts for our listeners. This has been a great sort of crash course. I know you can go deeper onto uh, into the topic, but um, tell me. I know you you host a a, a regular session, right, where you mm-hmm. sort of dish out some of this knowledge for yeah, for yeah. listeners. Tell us about that. It's it's in Spanish, uh, asesoría total, which means you know we have an immigration, we have a real estate broker for financing the properties. We have me for taxation and, and real estate professionals that would come in. So you have, it's the first Wednesday of every month at 5 p.m. You can see it through our YouTube channel or through our Instagram. And you have live questions to, to any of us. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll have uh, four or five professionals that would answer your questions live. So it would help you with your decisions. You That's know, excellent. And the guys. YouTube channel is, is what? Is a YouTube channel and on Instagram it's Castellon CPL. Castellon CPL, CPL okay. Yes. And the YouTube channel by the same name? Um, I'm not sure. I think it's a longer. <laughs> well, we'll put it in the show notes regardless. Okay. Um, so, Carlos, give us a final thoughts for listeners out there that are um, considering investing in the U.S. as a non-resident. Yes. What do you say to them? Yes. From my heart, I mean, being Cuban-American, uh, seeing what's happening in a lot of different countries, Venezuela, Nicaragua, Peru, and now Colombia, they're worried about the political instability. I would definitely diversify out of your country. We just went to Colombia, and we had a lot of successful businessmen there that have never diversified. One-on-one of basic diversification, you've got to diversify, not put all your eggs in one basket. So diversify, buy real estate here. Normally, real estate uh, keeps up with inflation. It's one of the best investments you could ever make. I like that. We're going to leave it there uh, for our listeners. I think to recap, um, diversify, right? Diversify. Mm-hmm. If, as a non-U.S. resident in the U.S., you have options, uh, many options, right, mm-hmm. that, that can work for you. Uh, and the key is to be informed. Find an agent that you trust. Uh, find professionals like Carlos and his team that you trust. And um, and really just take advantage of all the, the, the beautiful mm-hmm. uh, things that we have to offer in the U.S., like a government that pays you back, right? <laughs> when, I'm Florida. No state income tax. No state income tax. No state income tax. I mean, listen, there's no better time to be in Miami right now. Messi just right. came. The world continues to to come here, and uh, it only gets better and better. It's incredible. I was in Paris uh, a couple of years ago, and I told them I'm from Miami. They wanted to come home with me. <laughs> and their eyes light it's up, in, right? It's like incredible. Miami's like blowing up uh, worldwide. Nice. It's impressive. Ladies and gentlemen, this was Carlos Castellon from Castellon and Haloon CPA. Give him a call. I'm Omar DeWint here with Cervera Real Estate. You were listening to the Miami Real Estate Pod- Podcast. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. And until then, remember that here in Miami, the future is always bright. Take care, folks. Until next time. Thank you.